0: Oh man, what a weekend! What's crackin'? Welcome to the jungle. I am Jim Rome. Hope you had a tremendous weekend. I know for some of you it was, for some of you it was not. I know because I saw what went down. So if you want to get into it, you should get into it right now. Cell phone number is one eight zero zero six three six eight six eight six. I say that because our first interview is coming up in nine forty. Why wait? Why wait? Jump in now. Get up in here. One eight zero zero six three six eight six eight six. 636-8686. You can hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome R O M E at haveatake.com. Hope you all had a great holiday weekend. Hope you're back doing your thing. Ready to roll. Let's get to it. In terms of the setup today, I've got Mike Jones coming up at nine forty. He's an NFL writer, a national NFL writer for the athletic. We will have a Zoom call with him at nine forty. Second hour is wide open. So if this is one of those days where you need to kind of gather yourself, get it together, save it for the hour number two, that works. Top of hour number three, the big head, James Kelly and I break down the Monday night matchup. My favorite team to bet on, the Vikings. We'll talk about that matchup, Vikings-Bears, Monday night, James Kelly, top of our three. And then I'm going to end the show by having a conversation with Andy Staples. A lot of college football going on, and I'm not going to wait until we get to that segment. I've got my thoughts on that, too, that we'll get to. What it means to you is, I've got all these thoughts. We're ready to roll. I want to hear from you. Get up in here. Make this interactive. Hit me on the phones, hit me on the X, hit me up on email, hit me up about your weekend. Get up in here, let's do it. Let me start with the NFL. Sorry, Michigan man, I know you think that I'm out to get you. I know you think that, hey, uh, Rome, if it were Ohio State, you'd be leading with that. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Never, never do I lead with anything during the NFL season other than the NFL. No matter how badly you want me to, Michigan man, I will get to you. I will get to you, but I'm not going to lead with you, nor would I led with you had you lost. It's just not the way it works around here. As much as you want to convince yourself otherwise. No, we're starting with the NFL, like we do every single Monday during the season. A pretty epic weekend of football on all levels. So it does not exactly bring me any pleasure whatsoever to start the week off with the Jungle's favorite newscaster. But, well, we have no choice, do we? If you're getting ready for work this morning, then you're probably not Frank Reich, You're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not Frank Reich, getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not Frank Reich, getting ready for work ready for work you're Frank Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich, Frank Reich. Anyway, like I said, it brings me no pleasure, but I know what you'll do clones. Right now, the same thing you always do. That that But that is right. The first year Panthers head coach doesn't even get to be a one-and-done. That's right. He didn't even make it to one-and-done. He didn't even make it to 12 games. This is incredible. Even Pervin Liar got 13 games before he got the ax. Alabama and he week. was perving and lying and kicking kickers and trashing his own assistants and skipping team flights and taking nights out in bus with co-eds, and losing like crazy. He's the worst NFL head coach ever. Stayed to see the grandkids. And even he got more games than Frank Reich. Incredible. Like, I'm not surprised that the dude didn't make it to year two, but I am a little bit surprised that he didn't make it to week 13. Then again, David Tepper's favorite activity is to run coaches into the guillotine. I mean, after all, he just did it to the third team or the third time since he bought that team five years ago. He likes doing that. He's good at doing that. Now, if you want to argue that it's not fair to judge Reich on 11 games with a rookie quarterback and a roster in a rebuild, feel free. I'm not going to. Like, I've got absolutely nothing against Reich. But there's no getting around it. This is an unmitigated disaster. They're an unmitigated disaster. And you're not going to find anybody anywhere saying that Frank Wright did a hell of a job playing the hand that he was dealt. No. He did a crummy job playing the crummy hand he was dealt. And I don't expect that there's going to be a long line of teams, if even one at all, throwing him another head coaching gig anytime soon. And does it really surprise anybody that the owner broke off another head coach this soon? It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Especially when that same owner was letting F-bombs fly around reporters in the locker room after the game. It's not exactly surprising when the hammer falls the following morning. Not when the owner is throwing F-bombs everywhere. But... Axing two head coaches before week 13 in consecutive seasons is not a great look. That's what chaos looks like. It's tough to build anything promising when you're constantly blowing everything up. And then again, how are you going to get the guy you really want for that job when that person is seeing what's going on there and how quick you are with the hook? So if you want to talk about that, that's one topic. Sean McDermott, for instance, should send Reich a thank you note this morning because if it wasn't for Frank, we'd all be talking about McDermott's ass on fire once again today. Because once again, the Bills failed to finish in a big game. Buffalo was on the verge of a massive road win yesterday. A massive road win that could have jump-started and kick-started a season turnaround. Instead, it just reminded everybody yet again that this team simply cannot finish. You know I hate to do this to you, Mafia, but you all know I'm right. As well as your Bills played at times in that slop in Philly when it came down to the biggest moments in the game, they bleeped it all up all over again. This is what they do. Never thought that I would say this, but this is what they do and this is who they are. We've seen it too many times. Buffalo burned two timeouts before that miraculous Jake Elliott 59-yard bomb in the elements. So they didn't even try to go for the win in the final 20 seconds of regulation. Then they had a miscommunication between two of their most experienced players with a chance to score and win in OT. And that, of course, just led to them letting Philly go right down the field, 75 yards, to rip the game right out their hands and walk it right the hell off. In other words, Mafia, same movie that we've been watching over and over and over and over again. <sighs> same sh-
1: Same place, different day.
0: Same movie. Same movie that has Josh Allen, now 0-6 in his career in overtime. I mean, there's just no way around it. These dudes have a massive finishing problem. And it's nothing new. And nothing is changing. And they're doing nothing to fix it. They don't have any answers. Or it wouldn't keep happening. I know Sean McDermott doesn't have any answers. Or he would use those answers and he would actually fix the problem. But he's going to have to do a hell of a lot better than this for a team that was supposed to win it all this season, only to drop to six and six. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, you know. So it's believe me, it's it's gone through my through my mind more than once. Um, so when you get the result you got, you're always looking back and saying, "Hey, um, yeah, maybe maybe kept one of those." And um, you know, so that, that's the life we live. You know who wants to hear that right about now? Nobody. Nobody. It's not really hindsight when everybody watching the game wants you to save a couple of timeouts to try to go win that game at the end of the game. It's not the power of hindsight. It's the power of being aggressive and playing to win. Instead of playing not to lose and losing anyway. You know the old saying, playing not to lose will get you beat every single time. And unfortunately for Sean McDermott, this is now his calling card. This is now his calling card. You can't blame hindsight when you get it wrong every single time. Man, don't be armchair quarterbacking us. You can't blame hindsight for your quarterback and veteran wide receiver having a mix-up that costs you the game. Hindsight you can't blame you. hindsight when your defense needs a stop and just gets run right the hell over. You need a better answer than blaming hindsight. Hindsight's always Because, 20, 20. In fact, when you point out hindsight, you're actually blaming us. Like yeah, easier for you to say, hindsight's 2020. You're not the one under the headset. Headset, you're not the one making these calls. So wait, coach, you blaming us? I mean, if you're saying hindsight is 2020, are you blaming us for something that keeps happening to you over and over again? At least, though, he didn't pull a Brandon Staley and throw a temper tantrum. And then turn around the following week and lay another egg in prime time. Man, I don't know how many times I have to say this. How many times do I have to qualify this? How many times do I have to say, I like Brandon Staley? But I'm not sure what's more painful. Having to watch the Chargers charger it up. Or having to listen to the ginger clapper. Break down the Chargers. Chargering it up. But I'll tell you what. It doesn't get much more Charger than benching Quentin Johnson while Zay Flowers scored both of the Ravens TDs. You know, a.k.a. the same Zay Flowers the Chargers passed on to take Quentin Johnson. Nothing can be more Charger than that. Except maybe the head coach... Throwing that tantrum about how confident he was in his defense, and then sending out 12 players on defense for the very first play of the very next game. That's about as charger as it gets. And again, you all know this is a big Bolts house. It is. It is. I like them, they've got a hell of a lot of talent. But I can't just sit here and tell you that any of that is okay. And you know why? In part, because they have a hell of a lot of talent. At some point, you all have to look in the mirror and acknowledge the clowns staring back at you. Because the entire rest of the world sees a clown show when they watch the Chargers. And they're not wrong. Their talent dictates them being much better than where they are? You can stop asking that question. All right, so we move on. Somehow, there is an even bigger bleep show in the NFL. And somehow, the alleged head coaching goat is presiding over it. Listen, at least the Chargers and the Bills lost to damn good football teams. The Patriots just lost to Tommy freaking DeVito. And I mean no disrespect by that. No disrespect by that. Because believe me, the last thing I want is the DeVito family on my ass. I don't want that. I don't want that heat. I don't want that smoke. I'll admit it. Hey, remember when Hoodman used to be a nightmare for rookies? I can remember how many times I said on this show. In fact, I can't remember. How many times I would say, man, this guy has made a lot of Really young quarterbacks look bad. Hell, the hood has made a lot of really old veteran quarterbacks look bad. Hell, he's made every quarterback look bad. Yeah, I don't know. Made Tommy DeVito look pretty damn good. There's no nightmare when Tommy DeVito is waving his hand around all afternoon. That's not a nightmare for rookies. My man looked pretty damn comfortable. Pretty comfortable. Like I'm not even sure what to call that gesture. DeVito doesn't even know what to call that gesture. All I know is I freaking love the gesture. What would you call it? A high what? A high vibe? No, that's a high. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. What's the word for
1: it? There, there is no word for it. I don't think there's a word for it. Is there a word for it if you type usually when you type in an emoji on like iMessage, like it'll pop up? I don't know if there's like a At
0: this point, I think
1: it's oh. the DeVito. It might be, but we'll just keep on rolling with it.
0: My man, I know how that works. So what's the word? If you type in a word, the emoji comes up. So what's the word? What are you typing in? That's a high, hmm, you know. (laughs) Just tell me the word. Hmm. (laughs) I Hmm. want to see what emoji, I mean, I know the emoji, but I want to see what word produces that emoji. Anyway, for the record, Hmm. the emoji description is pinched fingers, oh. Oh, that's the word? Mm. Pinched fingers? Produces the emoji, pinched fingers? I was hoping for a hell of a lot more than that. Hey, Apple, we need an update on that. We need an iOS update on that. Apple needs to change the description just to DeVito, Tommy D, Tommy DeVito. I mean, he's doing that much, right? Listen, I'm happy to to hype this guy because it's an amazing story. It really is. And the hand-waving thing is hilarious. And his family is incredible. But all of that said, let's be real for one second. The Giants scored 10 points. And they were outgained by one of the worst offenses pretty much ever. The real story here is that Hoodman's horrendous Patriots are somehow getting worse. And they were already the worst team in the AFC. What's worse than already being the worst? Mm. Find me a word and emoji for that. Because, I don't know, maybe it's got something to do with the fact that he keeps running Mac Jones out there every single week. And why would he do that? He's already been benched four times. Why did you run that guy back out there? If I didn't know any better, Hood, I would think that the only reason you'd run that guy out there after it seemed like his career there ended last week, the only reason you'd run him out there again is for the pleasure of benching his ass again. Like you want to do that every single week. The craziest thing about all the quarterback drama in New England is how irrelevant it all is. It's pretty clear. It doesn't matter who is under center or who starts or who comes in when. Because the offense is straight up ass no matter who's playing quarterback. This team is straight up ass no matter who is getting the QB1s reps in practice all week. You know, what was the whole point in not telling your team, allegedly, who the quarterback was until moments before or hours before? Was there some edge to be gained? Like the opposition, I mean, Hood, are you really still thinking at this point? Well, uh, if they got to prepare for two, that's going to be more difficult. They got to prepare for two quarterbacks instead of one. That's uh, twice the work. Dude, I bet they don't have to prepare for either quarterback. How horrible is this? Hunter Henry tells the media after the game that the team really did only find out that Mac was going to start hours before the game. Hood tells the media this totally believable side of the story himself. When did
1: you inform players uh, who would
0: start in the quarter? I can't remember. Uh, mm. Sometime here in a week. You can't remember. Y'all get back to that lie, Urgh, that taking a minute. As I said, what edge is there to be gained? There's no edge in that they have to prepare for two quarterbacks. When those are your two quarterbacks, I bet they didn't prepare for either. And as far as the, you can't remember, you can't remember when you told your team the most important thing of the week. You can't remember. Can't you can't remember when you informed your team who was going to start a quarterback. Yo, hood man, I know you're old, and I know what happens as you get older. I've experienced this myself. There's certain things that you have trouble remembering. But dude, you're not that old. You could be in the ground, and I wouldn't buy that. You're not that old, and you're a terrible liar. And why lie? Since it doesn't even matter. Again. Is there any difference at this point between Bailey, Zappi, and Mac? You know what I can't remember? Okay, I'll play a long hood. You can't remember. You can't remember when you told your team who was going to start a quarterback. All right, I, like, I like this game, actually. Let's play the I can't remember game. You know what I can't remember? I can't remember when the hood man was feared. I can't remember when the Patriots were stacked with talent and they were ripping all those Lombardi's. I don't remember any of that. Did any of that actually happen, William? I can't remember. Nor can I, because I've got no recall of any of that. Do you, Hood? Obviously not. Not if you can't even remember who or when you told your team was going to start a quarterback this week. Yo, Pops, stop the lies. Stop the lies, old man, and start packing up your boxes, because this is going to end really badly. Pack your bag. Especially if you're lying out your backside. Um, Your own player said they weren't informed until hours before the game. But you can't remember. I can't remember. Go talk to Hunter Henry. He'll remind you. Mm, uh, Um, I I can't believe this has happened to this team, this franchise, this organization. I mean, we were goading this guy to death like five minutes ago. Like I always say, though, it's tired, but it's true. When it goes, it goes fast. It goes fast. And no, Michigan man, I was not going to lead with you. I didn't care how that game ended. You could have won by seven TDs. You could have lost by seven TDs. You were never, ever going to get the lead today. Don't come around here with that bull crap. It only exposes you further. It's you telling on yourself further. I will get to you, Michigan man. I will get to that win. What it means to you, what it means to Ryan Day, we will get to it. There's a ton of college football. But I always start with the NFL in season, period. Period. Mark in Hollywood's in. Quick reaction. If you're getting ready for work right now, you're probably not Rick and Buffalo. Because the Eagles whoop right right that now, ass, and Doug Rick is at the bottom of a porta potty. Now, you're you're well, look who's back, Mark. Now, you're not Doug this guy's handle is at Tan Smack Esq. Hey, yo, bro, did I give you permission to use that? You'll be hearing from my attorney. Just kidding. Hi, Jim. The Colts. Now, own a playoff spot. Love to see it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Sanjay Mersey. Hey, this dude may have ripped my handle, but he's not wrong. They're right there. They're right there. Hey, Rome, I am still so confused. Why didn't Buffalo try to win it in regulation with 20 seconds left? I would have had a whole seven seconds left over. Regards, Kermit Mahomes, owner of Buffalo Mahomes? and most of Western New York and parts of Southern Ontario. Kermit Mahomes. Mahomes. Hey, let me tell you something. The fact that they were beaten last week and they fell behind early against the Raiders. How hard, Casey, were you tripping about quote Kermit Mahomes? After last week's loss and the fact that you were trailing the Raiders early on. Antonio Pierce is probably thinking, man, all right, that's where I'm going to put that in my new office. That's where I'm going to put that in my new office. I better prepare my acceptance speech after this game. you know if he won that game, he probably gets that job before he gets off the field. Shopping for mansions in Henderson. Dialing up real estate agents. Throwing money around at the tables. Crystal, y'all, all all around. Victory cigars at halftime. (laughs) And Moshbit Chad writes, many are saying that the Buffalo Bills are the Nebraska of the NFL. This brings me both joy and pain, being a Dolphins and a Huskers fan. And Heads from Bacon writes, Cue the 100s of We Don't Have a Finishing Problem posts from Antonio Cromartie, Phillip Rivers, Travis Henry, and Alvy. Dude, that's so old. Very, very, very old. All right, so let's take a timeout. It's going to be a short one. And then the segment's going to be a short one. And then Mike Jones will join me and we'll get his thoughts. Another point of view on the weekend NFL action. What do you say we start the week with a really important question? Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Why don't we start with the fact that it's run by a family business. A family business which I've spoken to, I know them. They stand by quality and they produce the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper where you can actually see the quality right through their iconic view Packages. As I've talked about in the past, this is why they did that. They want you to see exactly what it is you're buying before you buy it. Every single bite of Old Trapper is amazing. It's tender. It's never tough because they use just the best ingredients from their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke. Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Just choose the one you like. If you're not sure, go with a four-ounce bag of each. If you do know, get the 18-ounce bag of the one you love. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. how fat that opening segment was. This is going to be a short what? segment. Meantime, I want you to set yourself up. Where are the really good phone calls? I'm getting phone calls, just not really good phone calls. Where are the really good phone calls? All right, I'll lower the bar. Where are the average phone calls? Why don't we start there? One eight zero zero six three six eight six eight six. 800 636 8686 hey, Rome, it's rich that you hate on Belichick for benching Mac. Then continuing to start him. How many times have you said bench the salt. Then had Jano find you in the bench pantry. The salt. Signed Ian in Chicago. Truth be told brah, I'm not in the pantry for the salt. I'm in the pantry for the sugar. I've never said bench the sugar. Bench the salt. Only the salt. <laughs> High blood pressure is weak. It is. Or bench 95, the salt. Bench the salt. Bench the salt. I have never, ever, have you ever heard me once, ever, said bench the sugar? Bench the salt. I mean, I know it's like the worst crap ever. But to me, it's like a first ballot hall of famer. I would never bench it. I'd put a yellow blazer around it. It's sugar. You probably wonder where that bench the salt drop came from. Years and years and years and years ago, I want to say, I'm almost positive, I still worked at Fox. Fox. And they did a whole PSA. And all the talent got behind it. And we were all given certain things to say. My part of that campaign was the bench the salt. And then bench I got the into salt. why. Sugar, to me, is wearing a C on a sweater. A C on Uniform. Salt will hit the transfer portal. Sugar will get a max extension. I have never said bench the sugar. So, no, Ian, the the reason I'm in the, the pantry is for the sugar, not the salt. I'm more of a sugar guy than a salt guy. Let's see here. Planet Wilson, Mr. Rome. Yes, I accept the head coaching job for the Buffalo Bills. Thanks for asking. Regards, Jim Harbaugh. I'll get there. I'll get there. All right, meantime, you have a telephone number. I'm not going to hit it again. Use it. Just use it. You can also find me on the X at Jim Rome. You can email me at Rome, R-O-M-E at com. So I want to talk about the wild coaching carousel in college football. Mike Elko, apparently to Texas A&M. And Duke player and Duke fan is not happy about that. Not so much in the fact that he left, but how he left. Reportedly. Duke is Duke. What about Ryan Day? He's feeling heat. My man, I think you know this already. You can go 40-0 and against everybody in the conference, not named Michigan. You could go 100-0 against everybody in the conference, not named Michigan. You could go undefeated every year for the next 30 years. But if you keep losing to Michigan, they will fire you. Maybe not for this. Maybe not next year, but maybe next year. If they get you in the shoe and you lose four in a row to them, they might get you next year. Even if your winning percentage is what it is, we will get into all that. And yes, Michigan, I have thoughts on what you did, how you did it, and what it means. All of that is coming up, but first, here is a sports update. Here's Andrew Bogus. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. A tremendous Monday to you in Southern California. I am Jim Rome. Nice to have you here. All right as promised, we're joined right now by an NFL writer for The Athletic. He previously served as an NFL reporter and a columnist for USA Today. Also covered the Washington Commanders as a beat writer for The Washington Post. We are joined by Mike Jones. Mike, it is great to have you back. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing well, Jim. How are you? Good, good. All right, so Mike, why don't we start with the breaking news this morning. Frank Reich has been fired as head coach of the Panthers. Yes, they're horrible. Yes, their owner is incredibly volatile. But what is your reaction to Reich getting the Urban Meyer treatment and not even surviving his first year with the team?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit surprising. A couple weeks ago when I was asking around and some people had said that there were starting to be some rumbles that, his job uh, that he might've been coaching for his job. I think it was right after he took back the play calling duties. And someone said that uh, they had kind of been given the signal that he had to make some kind of a change and get some type of a turnaround. Otherwise David Tepper is going to pull the plug on this thing. Well, here we are two, three weeks later and David Tepper's patience has run out. Um, Now, A lot of people I talk to around the league will say, look, that roster is so talent depleted uh, that uh, nobody would have had really much of a chance. Uh, But uh, there are also, you know, David Tepper is very meddlesome. Uh, He likes to have his fingers in everything instead of sitting back and letting um, Reich work there. Uh, And and look, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You had Reich, you had Thomas Brown, you had Jim Caldwell, you had um, uh, Josh McCown all these people kind of with different offensive philosophies that he was trying to bring together there. And it didn't seem like everything really ever was in sync. When you look at the offense that they were running compared to the offense being run in Houston for CJ Stroud, Much more young quarterback friendly in Houston, supporting him with the run game, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, using the play action passing attack uh, to help him and buy him time uh, to put some doubt in the, the minds of the defense. None of that was going on there in Carolina. And so Bryce Young struggling, no consistency on offense, no consistency in his game as well. And a lot of that falls on Frank Wright.
0: All fair, Mike Jones, joining us right now. So, Mike, what about Philadelphia? Let me move on. Philadelphia has the NFL's best record at ten and one right now. Do they also have the league's most clutch player in Jalen Hurts, who won it on a quarterback keeper for his fifth TD of the game yesterday?
1: Yeah, I think they do. There's one thing about leadership, uh, and that the rest of the team feeds off of it. And when you look at that team. And if you talk to Nick Sirianni and you talk to Jalen Hurts, there is a poise about them. There's a confidence. There's a calm. They never flinch. And the same thing happens with that Philadelphia team. They haven't been perfect in any game this year. They have fallen in holes. They've had to climb their way out but their head coach doesn't flinch and their quarterback certainly doesn't flinch either. And there's always a belief that, Hey, we're going to keep on swinging. We're going to make the plays and we need to, we don't care if we're down by double digits. We're going to get it done. And we saw that happen again and again and again over the course of this season. And last night was another good example. They needed the big plays in the clutch. They got it from their kicker. They got it from their defensive times. They got it from their quarterback. And yes, Jalen hurts. Definitely got to be up there among the favorites for MVP. He is the tone setter. He is the leader. He is the guy that this team needs to continue to see.
0: Mike Jones joining us. So, Mike, what about the Bills? I mean, I could argue they're the opposite. When they need that clutch play, they don't get it. They found another way to lose a tough game. They found another way not to finish. They did take Philly all the way to OT, but they end up dropping to 500. Are the Bills, I know you got into this uh, in your call this morning or yesterday, are the Bills effectively done at six and six
1: it, it, it's close they're not done done yet but their stretch run features some really tough teams they've got three playoff teams coming up here that they have to get some wins against they also need teams in front of them like um the bangles uh, the browns the colts uh the texans they need teams like them the broncos who all have tiebreakers ahead of them they need them to falter it's a shame because this team is very talented josh allen there's no question he is a ball player. He can make all the plays you need. Yes, there are questions. You know, he has turnover issues, uh, but it's not for lack of trying. But they really did not put um, the the more additional support around him that they needed to this past off season. And so that's why they're in this hole here. And I don't know if they're going to be able to climb out of it just because of what's going on ahead of them, other teams starting to find their stride, and them really just having a tough run ahead
0: all right. So Mike, like, never mind winning it all, which was supposed to be the point. If they don't make the postseason, is Sean McDermott finished? In other words, is he effectively coaching for his job?
1: You no, know, I haven't heard that yet, but if they do not make the playoffs, tough questions do have to be asked, and it has to be also asked of Randon Bean when they look at the way they put together this roster. Um, you know, what did they do to further fortify the offense? What did they do to continue to evolve? Um, you know, the the scapegoats are gone. Leslie Frazier was not brought back. They said it was mutual, but are suspicions that it wasn't. Ken Dorsey is now gone. Um, this offense, this defense, their shortcomings on both sides of the ball. And the guy that you look at is Sean McDermott. And so if they fall out of this and don't make the playoffs, I do think that that conversation will have to be had. Now, will he be fired? I don't know yet. But there definitely are some tough questions that he's going to have to
0: answer. Mike Jones joining us. Mike, so looking around the AFC, what about the Chiefs? Like the Chiefs had that tough loss to Philadelphia. Then they fall behind the Raiders yesterday, 14-0. At that point, what were you thinking about the Chiefs?
1: Well, when they fell behind to the Raiders, I-, I wasn't worried there just because you know it's so hard to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes. You figured that they were going to figure out a way to claw their way out of it and also questions about the Raiders being able to sustain that. Um, this is a really important second, you know, last home stretch of the season for them as well. Because, yes, they have Mahomes. Yes, they have Andy Reid. Their defense is playing really well, but they need growth and consistency out of those playmakers because it's too easy for teams to key on Travis Kelsey. Yes, they have uh, Pacheco, who's really, you know, a spark in the run game, but they have way too many drop passes. We saw it. They should have beaten the Eagles, um, you know, if there wasn't the drop in the end zone there. They have to get some of these young guys to consistently be go-to guys for Patrick Mahomes to have trust in them. And if they can focus on that down the stretch of the season, they're going to be okay once they get to playoffs. But if they are not able to get those contributions, it's going to be easier for some of these defenses to take away Kelsey. And the Chiefs will wind up falling short and not getting back to the Super Bowl, which is what their goal is.
0: We are talking to Mike Jones for a few more moments. Mike, what about the Patriots? Another disastrous loss. Mac Jones gets another start. He gets benched yet again. Considering it was another bad, bad loss, have we reached a point where firing Bill Belichick before the end of this season is an actual possibility? Literally?
1: I don't think that Robert Kraft would do that. Uh, I don't see this thing going anywhere. It just does feel like the Titanic. Um, it's just going under and it doesn't really matter who their quarterback is. They don't have a lot of talent at any position. They don't have a lot of playmakers. There's nobody that really scares you offensively, defensively. Yes, Bill Belichick put this together, but I don't see if you get rid of him, there's nobody on that staff that's going to magically fix their talent deficiencies. And so I think that, you know, out of respect, for what he's done, Robert Kraft will be patient. they will get to the end of the season, and then we'll have some type of mutual parting of ways. Wouldn't be surprising at all.
0: I agree. Mike, so before you go, let me ask you this. The Broncos completely came off the rails to start the year at 1-5. and five. It looked as if Sean Payton was in over his head, that he and Russell Wilson would never coexist. Yet, here we are. They've won five in a row. Russ is playing really solid ball right now. What did Payton do to get this thing turned around, and could the Broncos actually be a playoff team?
1: Yeah, you got to give him a lot of credit because he had his way of doing things. He had his philosophies. Um, You thought that we're going to see a lot of the same type of offensive concepts that we saw with the Saints, with Drew Brees, and he was going to get Russell Wilson back. He was going to be cooking again. And really what he decided, what Sean Payton figured out was that less was more with Russell Wilson. Just like early in his time there in in Seattle, you need a strong run game, um, strong defensive play using the play action attack, using his legs to make plays if he was in trouble. Um, We're seeing that from Russell Wilson. He hasn't had a 300-yard passing game during this uh, five-game win streak that they're on. I think he's averaging something like 180 passing yards a game, but he's not turning the ball over. So he's being more selective. He's not forcing things. Sean Payton got him to buy in, and also they leaned more heavily on the run game, uh, and, and that really paid off for them. And here they are right here in the thick of things, which we did not expect. Um, And, you know, we'll see. It'd be understandable the way they're playing now. It wouldn't be surprising to see them make the playoffs.
0: All right, so, Mike, one last thought. What about the Jags? The Jags had a solid win over the Texans, but does that put them back on track and in the conversation for the possible top seed in the AFC? In other words, do you think the Jags have that kind of upside?
1: They have a favorable schedule. Um, So they should record wise be able to, but there are just so many inconsistencies with Trevor Lawrence still that I I still don't see them pulling this thing off and winning the AFC. You know, you've got Baltimore's got a really tough defense. Um, You've got um, tough defenses in Cleveland, Cincinnati uh, that that they're about to face. And so, yeah, they'll make it to the playoffs. They'll you know make some noise. Don't see them winning the AFC.
0: He is an NFL writer for The Athletic. He is Mike Jones and joins us frequently on Mondays to break down the weekend. Mike, always appreciate talking to you. Thank you very much. Great job. Thanks, Jim. I'll see you. See you soon. Mike. Mike Jones from The Athletic. Excellent, excellent columnist. Remember, it's a Monday, so it's time to ask the pros. You clones get to ask me a question, and it's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash pros. Submit a question there. Listen later on. I might answer one or more of yours. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, so I gave you some more food for thought, right? Any of you fans, of any of these teams want to come in here and share your thoughts, I mean, I know you've been talking about it nonstop, right, throughout the entire weekend. Why would you not bring that conversation to a much bigger platform, a much bigger stage? Everybody will hear you. Yes, it could go terribly, or it could go awesomely. Hit us up, 1-800-636-8686, MAFIA. I'm not going to sit here and beg you to call MAFIA. How could you not call? You're six and six. The game was right there. <sighs> it could have jump started the rest of your season. And yet you couldn't get it done. Miscommunication late. You let another one get away. That's pretty much what you're known for, right? Letting them get away late. And it happened again. Philadelphia, meanwhile, ten and one, and it still seems like they have not played their best game yet. Yet they keep finding ways to get it done. They find ways to win. Teams like Buffalo and LA, the Chargers, find ways to lose. And you gotta give the Broncos credit. I wanna give Sean Payton credit for not being so dogmatic, right? Not so locked in his ways. You gotta give old Russ a credit too. You might argue, yeah, well, what choice did Russ really have? He's coming off his worst year ever. Yeah, well, great players don't always accept what they become. And he has. He's no longer trying to cook. He's doing what he has to do to win, and they are. They won five straight. Credit for that. Oh, and what do you know? The Steelers can move the ball now. Stay tuned.